0: Hi, everybody, and welcome to episode 359 of Intermittent Fasting Stories. Today I'm here with Carrie Jane. Carrie lives in Kent, in England, and she is a counselor in both a secondary school and also in a hospital oncology department. Welcome, Carrie. Thank you. Very excited to be here. Well, it's great to talk to you as well. You know, I like to start by asking what brought
1: you to intermittent fasting and when was that? Okay. Yep. Um, I'm going to go for the kind of long version. So I grew up with a mum who is an amazing cook and it was all very healthy. It was all cooked from scratch. Um, A lot of kind of, you know, generally meat, veg and potato of some sort, something, that sort of thing. My dad doesn't like, or didn't at the time, like pasta and things. So it tended to be potatoes rather than pasta, but occasionally that sort of thing. And I was a very skinny child and skinny as a teenager. You know, the saying, I wish I was as fat as the first time I thought I was fat. Oh, yes. I think a lot of us can relate to that statement, can't we? Absolutely. So I went to a secondary school. So secondary schools in this country are from 11 to 18 year olds. And the one I went to was for all girls. So you can imagine kind of the comparisons and the everyone, you know, body shaming themselves type thing.
0: I can't even imagine. It wasn't a boarding school, though, was it? see, all of us in America, we have no idea. We just like, we're imagining you're living like in a Harry Potter world, boarding school, kind of a thing. that's right where my mind went.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, not for me. Um, so yeah, so I began to get kind of body conscious, you know, in terms of puberty, I got a kind of, I mean, n- looking back now, not even vaguely a big bum, but at the time, I thought what well, was a big bum and fairly slim waist and then, you know, breasts that were probably a bit more than average type thing and felt like I was kind of fat and compared myself and things, but never, never in a way that made me think that I needed to diet or anything like that. I think I remember, I think that would have been the early nineties. So I think it was the time of Jane Fonda and that sort of thing. So I can remember low fat trying to vaguely do that at one point. (laughs) Absolutely. That was also the era of Jane Fonda. Yes, but the Cindy
0: Crawford workout video did you ever see that one or do that yeah, one? Yeah, I
1: don't think I saw it. No, I think I did a Jane Fonda video, but I can't remember doing it. A-
0: I had the Cindy Crawford VCR tape that you would put in. And it was like, like I can still remember the music that was in it. That was what we were doing every <laughs> year where I lived. But yeah, we had that certain you know,
1: body style that we were going for, right? I've got twin sisters who are 17 months younger than me as well. So I compared myself quite a lot with them. But it's interesting because... As an adult, I I've had a conversation with one of my sisters where I said, oh, you know, I thought I was so fat as a teenager. And she was like, "What? you were too skinny, you know, and you're like, well, why didn't you tell me when I was a teenager? <laughs> but yes, yeah, so I went through teenage years, not, you know, weight wasn't an issue. Went to university and put on the freshest 15, mainly just because obviously I was eating very differently from how I'd grown up eating. And then but the summer following, I kind of lost that weight. Did you try to or did it just happen? I think it just happened. I think because I went back to eating, being at home for kind of two months, two, almost three months with mum's cooking. So, you know, and I think also when I went back to university, I then lived somewhere that was half an hour walk from campus. So doing that walk twice a day meant that any that was left kind of fell off. So, yeah, so as a child and growing up, it was never really an issue. And then got married a year after I left uni and through a combination, I think, of, you know, the kind of relaxing because you're married and the married bliss. And also I trained to be a teacher. So, you know, what it's like in a primary school with all the um, snacks and things. Um, So I then began slowly to put on, but not in a way where looking back, you know, looking back, it wasn't an issue, but at the time it felt like it was. And then I basically went
0: to... You were working in a primary school. You were a teacher at that time. And the kids really are eating all the snacks all the time, aren't they? How long did you do that? Did you work as a teacher?
1: So I did that until after after we'd had our children, actually. So I did. I taught and then basically we started trying for our first child. I kind of tried to lose a little bit of weight in prep for that, but through Weight Watchers didn't. Try particularly hard and did some exercise and it was fine, fell pregnant. And then after her, so our daughter was born, and then 19 months later, our son was born. And then 19 months after that, our second son was born. So they were all quite close together.
0: They were close <laughs> together. I know you were busy for a long time. My two boys are 18 months apart. So to have one, 19 months, another, 19 months, another. They were They were all... Right there together. So you were you're focused on that. You didn't have any time to worry about yourself, did you? No,
1: absolutely not. And between our first and second, my husband went to train to be a vicar. So it meant a house move and a move away from kind of family and friend support. So I think basically I kind of dealt with that probably by eating (laughs) and also obviously had young children that was running around after. So, like you said, yeah, it was hard to find any time to think even think about kind of what you were putting in your own mouth, you were too worried about what you're putting in the children children's mouths and eating all their leftovers and things.
0: And what you said actually brought back to me, same exact situation. We moved, right? when, I, So I moved away from family and friends when my boys were little and didn't have the support. And I think that's a really hard part of being in this modern world. You know, we're used to being part of our village. That's what we're designed to be part you know, with our families and our friends. But we move all around. And so there you were away from your support system with three young kids, with your husband in school, right?
1: Yeah, and when we had the third, that's when we moved back from where we came from. And um, yeah, and he found a a post here. So that was really good in terms of that. And that's when I was like, okay, I now need... I saw a photo, basically, of when he was ordained. So when he became vicar and and was horrified by what I looked like and was like, okay, I need to do something about this. So that was the first... and, And actually, that's the first time I kind of know what my weight was so before that I hadn't I couldn't tell you what I weighed at all at any point and
0: what year was that
1: when he became so ordained? that was 2008 okay 2008 do you remember what you weighed then so I weighed so the prop. it's it I need to translate it because it's it's in I weighed 13 stone eight so let me just do my math in America we're like what stones no <laughs> okay so I weighed 204
0: okay and how tall are you?
1: I'm only five three. So yeah, weighed 204 pounds, joined Weight Watchers, lost forty-nine pounds in about nine months. I was also breastfeeding at the time. And I know you've said about how actually it's not great to be losing weight quickly when you're breastfeeding. I got that, like I've said
0: before, out of a, a textbook on breastfeeding, and that's what they recommend and not to be losing a lot of weight, but it's more because of the modern toxins that we have stored in our bodies. And so it might not have been a big deal. In the past, but now we're living in a world that where our bodies are, you know, storing all sorts of weird things away. So that's just part of that. But I, we we don't. I mean, no one's telling us that. If I hadn't read it in that in that breastfeeding textbook, I never would have thought of that. You know, we just think about: Do you have? milk supply. That's the only factor most of us have on our minds when it comes to breastfeeding. We don't even think about toxins stored in our fat. Blah, a scary world. Anyway, so, you know, and, and I also feel like you know, we can look back and see the things that we would do differently now. But we if we didn't know, we did the best we could, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. My experience of Weight Watchers at that point was, Actually, it was really good for losing the weight, but I couldn't maintain it. So I lost all the weight. Along the way, there are various things where I was like, oh, my goodness, this is such a bad example of how to eat. So I can remember one example where the leader of the group had had a week where she'd basically had a sickness bug. And so she was like, Yay, I had a sickness bug. So I've lost kind of, <laughs> you know, three pounds this week, which is great because at the weekend I had a real binge and splurge. And and I was a bit like, Oh my goodness, you're our leader. You know what, though?
0: I, can't we both relate to that? I remember if I ever had a smoke virus, I was like, Oh, good, maybe my weight will go down. I'm like, That is and it, it's crazy. But we just wanted to see a number on a scale.
1: So, yeah, so I did that. And then. With Weight Watchers, I don't know because you've not. It's not one you've done, is it? I've
0: not done Weight Watchers, and I know there's been lots of different Weight Watchers plans over the years. When my mother did it way back, like I remember her doing it one time, it was different. They called things exchanges, and it was like written on a piece of paper, and it was like this many bread exchanges. I don't even know. It was really different way back then. This might have been the late seventies, early eighties. It was before they had points. But I just that must be where I saw. I got the foundation in my head. I'm not doing that. That looks weird. So as they changed the program, I had already decided from that weird thing on the paper my mom did that time that I wasn't doing that. So, but you when you did it, it was all points and stuff, right? Yeah, it was
1: all points. And you got kind of your weekly points and as well as your daily points, I think. So you've got kind of weekly treat allowance and daily points, I think. And I just learned to cheat basically. So, and to not eat healthily at all. So because, you know, a glass of orange juice or, you know, an apple was like half a point, I was like, well, if I use three and a half, I can have a mini bag of Maltesers. You know, it was like, (laughs) so just, yeah, it didn't It wasn't good for me. It didn't help me at all, really. And also with Weight Watchers, you have to get within your healthy BMI to be a gold member. So you can't choose what your weight goal is. You have to get to that healthy BMI number, which is why I lost 49 pounds, because that literally got me to the very top of my BMI.
0: Oh, gosh. Yeah. So you're like, all right, I did it. 49. I'm done. I'm there.
1: Um, Which took me down to 141 I was then, which is, as I said, the top I'm allowed to be, according to that, which obviously we know is um, very flawed. (laughs) It is. BMI is flawed (laughs)
0: for so many reasons, just because it doesn't take into account what your body composition is, you know. One forty one you could be a what's the word you know? then on the outside fat on the inside that's I've seen that phrase somewhere I'm, I'm I didn't make it up. I'm just trying to remember it, but you could be you know you could still have a lot of visceral fat and have a lot of body fat, or you could be one forty one and have very low fat and lots and lots of lean muscle and stuff. so it, the number on the scale does not tell the true story at all.
1: but as I said, I didn't manage to stay there and kind of slowly went back up. And then about 18 months after that, I became really poorly. And after various kind of trips to the doctors and investigations and stuff, I was diagnosed with ulcerative colitis, which is an inflammatory bowel disease. I was in hospital for two weeks while they tried to get that under control. And that kind of messed up a bit my view of food because you know they put me on a low fiber diet so I had to eat the white bread the white rice you're not allowed hardly any fruit or veg you know if I did have fruit and veg it caused a lot of it came straight through and was not good so it kind of really screwed up that kind of view of what a healthy diet was and things. And I think gave me quite a lot of anxiety around that really.
0: I can imagine. So what what causes ulcer- ulcer- I can't say. ulcerative colitis? I don't know. Do you, they know what causes
1: it? Okay. No, they don't really, but it is an inflammatory bowel disease. So it is around inflammation and it's an autoimmune disease as well. So it is in that kind of, that kind of category. So that meant I did lose some weight because I was, very poorly and going to the toilet kind of 25 30 times a day at the, at the at the height of it so and you were not like your Weight Watchers leader going yay no, definitely know. not no it was really painful it was horrible yeah I literally felt sick if I tried to drink water yeah it was really miserable and when I did that I came out of hospital and did a thing where you could visit actually someone from our church paid for me to go to someone who would assess what you were allergic to foods because she'd Read lots and believed that was what caused it, and I came away kind of completely overwhelmed because the woman basically said I was I was allergic to pretty much everything that you could possibly eat.
0: allergy? Oh,
1: it was a kind of a thing where you had to put your hands out and hold a something. Energy. I've had a feeling. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that completely overwhelmed me. And I was like, I can't physically live on the things that you've told me I need to avoid, (laughs) you know, only on the other food. Yeah. It was literally everything. So anyway, so I kind of tried that for a very short time, but just felt too overwhelmed and and kind of. I've seen
0: that that. back in the day when we were struggling with Will and all of his um, food sensitivities, you know, we we went down a lot of crazy rabbit holes trying to figure it out. And one of them was something like that, where you hold the stuff and they press down to see what makes you weak. And, you know, there were definitely, with anything out there, there was, there's anecdotal stories of, wow, this fixed it all, you know, but then you're like, this just,
1: I don't see any real science behind this. So the thing is, obviously, my body was so poorly at the time. I think probably my body probably was allergic to a lot of those things because it was so poorly. So what did you do after that point? So I tried to kind of find a way to eat, but I definitely became quite anxious about quite a lot of fruit and vegetables. So not in a way that anyone day to day would probably notice, but there were certain things that I completely avoided. And there were things that I, you know, if I did eat, felt a bit more anxious about eating them and things. And gradually, as I began to kind of eat normally, as it was for me at the time, I ate more kind of processed foods because in a way it felt safer, which is a bit ridiculous. And they're low
0: fiber, right? If fiber goes straight through you, then you're going to gravitate to those things that don't do that. And I can think, imagine what that would look like for me, like Pop-Tarts and like you said, white bread. And (laughs) Yeah.
1: (laughs) When I was in hospital, someone from church came to visit us and well, some people from church came to visit me and prayed for me and stuff. And one of them said, I really feel that this isn't going to define your life. And at the time that felt completely impossible because I was like, you know, obviously, I'd read the scary literature around ulcerative colitis. And for some people, it results in them having to have their bowel removed and things. So, yeah, and it can, it increases your risk, not significantly, but at the time I felt significantly, but uh, of like bowel cancer and things. So it felt terrifying. So the fact that someone was saying it's not going to define your life, I was like, I can't even imagine that being the case. But anyway, they were right. <laughs> and, it, and it didn't. And I did learn to kind of trust my body again, but still had those anxieties around some foods and avoided some kind of the fruit and vegetables and things and then fast forward to 2012 and that was when I first heard about intermittent fasting so and that was through Michael Mosley that's the timing is right that was right when
0: 52 hit the world and I was over here in America doing it as well but it came out of out of the UK Michael Mosley
1: yeah there was a, a horizon program called eat well live better or something like that that And he talked about it. And one of the things he talked about was how it can really help with inflammation. So I felt like, oh, actually, this sounds like something, you know, I wanted to lose weight because I'd been putting on weight. And the inflammation thing really appealed to me. And that being able to eat what you want for five days was like, uh, I was like, oh, bring it on. So I tried doing that, but it was, you know, it, it basically didn't work for me at all, partly because I now know I wasn't clean fasting. You can also eat throughout the day so you can eat breakfast lunch and dinner in those 500 calories. I
0: can't even imagine I looking back I did that too. Tried to spread the 500 calories out over the whole day cuz we thought that would be easier when actually it was not.
1: Yeah. And I was drinking lots of diet coke to help as well, you know. So it was just it was just the fast days were horrible and the feast days I was like you've told me I can eat what I want for these other 5 days so I'm eating what I want. And yeah, so after a few months it was like okay this just isn't working for me at all and I dreaded the fast days really dreaded them so so anyway so I gave up that and then the weight just continued to creep up until basically COVID by that time I was so about 217 pounds or so so yeah so I'd put on all the weight I'd lost through Weight Watchers and through having the children and plus more.
0: So at that time with your eating, had you figured out what foods worked for you with the with the colitis or were you still struggling with that?
1: I wasn't struggling with it at all. So I, I'm i on medication for it. And so, yeah, I'm on anti-inflammatory drugs for that. So with a combination of that, and I do believe kind of that, you know, the prayers that people prayed for me and things, yeah, I, was, I haven't really struggled with that. It has been amazing. But I wasn't eating well at all. You know, I was a lot of, processed food. And it was really hard because I knew that I wanted to lose weight desperately. I knew that my body wasn't healthy. I knew that I wanted to be a better example to to our children and things. And at the same time, I knew that nothing I'd found so far had worked. And I didn't want to do so. I did try Slimming World as well a few times. I tried Weight Watchers a few more times. And all of them, I could lose a stone or two quite easily and then it just came back on plus some. So I basically had got to the stage where I was like, I need to find something, but I want it to be something that honours my body and that I can continue forever.
0: I love that. The way that you just explained that, the, something that honors your body and that you can continue forever. I think that's the key. You had short-term success, limited, but short-term on, on some of those other things, but they did not honor your body and they were not sustainable. So I love that that, that, is, that is really how I would define intermittent fasting as well. So
1: how did you find it? So COVID, I kind of was actually not someone who put on weight. So I started do, did did count 5K throughout COVID, and then the following year in 2021, in the July, my supervisor for my work at the hospital knew that I would struggled with I struggled with weight, and she said, Oh, I don't suppose have you heard of intermittent fasting? And I was like, Oh no, what's that? Because she'd had some success with it, so she told me about it, and she said, Look up Jin Stevens and Jason Fung, and I was like, Okay. So anyway, I went away. That for us is the beginning of the summer holidays. So it kind of got a bit lost in summer holiday busyness. And then at the end of the summer holidays, when I saw her in the September, I kind of had a quick look before seeing her and said, okay, tell me more. So she told me more. And that was on a, a Friday. I had the supervision and I started on the Saturday. So I started today, the kind of, I think about the 10th of September, I think, or whatever that's. Oh, Saturday we're was. very
0: close to your fast- your two-year fast anniversary.
1: Yeah. So that's when I found out about it and actually kept it secret for probably a few weeks from everyone because I felt embarrassed, maybe uncertain. Even from your family? Did you keep it secret from your family? I get it though, because they had watched
0: you struggle. And that's part of struggling like we did for so many years with our weight is embarrassment. Like we're embarrassed. Like we've tried so hard, but we still have that feeling in the back of our heads that if we had just tried harder, we would have been successful. And so we feel like we have failed. And, you know, it's not that we failed. It's that the diet advice was failing. That was the problem. But we took it on as like our own personal failing. So you, you don't want to tell anybody you're doing something else because what if you fail again? More embarrassment.
1: Yeah, so much shame and guilt over the years that I'd got to the size I had that, that I, you know, just wearing I was wearing clothes that kind of hid me as much as I possibly could. I felt really embarrassed in terms of feeling like I should know better and know how to curb my eating both you know generally but also as a counselor feeling like I should not emotionally eat and all those sorts of things.
0: So you started September 10th started on a on a Saturday and how did you begin?
1: So I began doing the kind of 16:8 and quite quickly probably within a few weeks I'd gone down to kind of a 195 and thankfully quite quickly discovered clean fasting. So because um, my supervisor said to find you, I googled you and found the Facebook group and joined that. I was already listening to Delay Don't Deny on audio, and I'd got a copy of Fast Feast Repeat after that and read that. You know, haven't looked back since. So it's been fantastic.
0: (laughs) That's great.
1: So when you started, you were were you around two seventeen at that time, or had you... two two one? So I thought I was around set two seventeen. I didn't think I'd put on any more weight, and then when I got on the scales the first morning, I uh, you know on that Saturday morning that I started, yeah, I was two hundred and twenty one, and was kind of shocked and horrified.
0: <laughs> oh, I get it. You know that that two in the hundreds place was like that boundary I never wanted to cross, and then you cross it, and you're like, oh no.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think for us, because of the stones and pounds thing, I was basically, I thought I was around 15 and a half stone and then discovered actually I was closer to 16 stone. And that was like, oh my goodness.
0: Yeah, it's completely a different, like, I can't even think about stones. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, how did the weight loss begin for you? How was that? So, I hadn't learned the kind of daily weighing, but I was, so I was kind of weighing fairly ad hoc kind of once a week type thing but within the first two months I'd lost um, I think it was 17 pounds in the first two months
0: that's pretty amazing
1: and then in the first four months I'd lost 32 pounds and then at six months it was 42 pounds and then within the first year I'd lost 60 65 pounds
0: that's pretty amazing that's really fast aren't everybody that's really fast (laughs)
1: I just want everybody
0: to know not everybody loses it steadily or, or that quickly, but your body really took to it.
1: Yeah. And I think, cause I know I put something on the, um, f- the delay, don't delight, deny community circle about, it. and you said then, the, and I said in that, that actually, because I hadn't dieted in the years f- leading up to it, I felt like, felt like it almost, my metabolism was able to recover from the Weight Watchers and Slimming World kind of attempts.
0: I really, really, really think that's true because same with me. The time that it finally stuck and I finally was able to lose the weight at about a pound a week was the time that I had pretty much given up for a couple of years and been doing intuitive eating and gotten, I think that I revved up my metabolism while I was becoming obese. And then I I think that made a lot of difference. And I had not been really, really trying to diet because I'd be like, forget it. So I think people who start right on the heel or the tail of restriction, they may need to do some metabolic healing. But for those of us that were like in the forget it, I'm just going to get whatever I give up phase, then we start our body is like, okay, now we're ready. All right. So but one year you were about 66 pounds down and were you doing about a 19.5 at that point?
1: Yeah, I was. But the whole way through, I was quite flexible. So I had got the Life app and I was like keeping track of my fasts and how long they were. And, and they were sometimes, they were, weren't usually less than 19, but sometimes they were. Um, but sometimes they'd be a 21 hour fast or so it was kind of fairly flexible and my eating window was flexible I know you've said about how you can shift it and it was very flexible so you know sometimes it would be a kind of two till seven is my usual so to speak but then sometimes it would be more like four till seven or four till eight or you know start a bit earlier and things like that so yeah so I definitely moved it around again a a lot and I think actually that helped as well
0: I think so too you know it's when we get too rigid, that's when our bodies are more likely to adapt. I think that's true. So having that flexibility and shifting it around as needed, I think is, what, what do they say? Keep your body guessing. Yeah, I think there's a lot, of, a lot of wisdom in that. All right. So after a year, 66 pounds down, were you feeling good about where you were or did you want to lose more weight at that point?
1: I was feeling great and still wanted to lose weight. So I think the last year has been more of a struggle. And it's interesting because I was thinking in preparation for this, actually, if someone had said I'd be where I was now, if I'd, where I, when I was at 221, I'd have been like weeping in joy. But there is still that. I'm now up to about 158 to 162. So I kind of, you know, it kind of does that sort of thing. So it's more than I'd like it to be. And at the same time, where I am you know, in terms of how I feel in my body, in terms of what I'm able to do now, you know, all of those sorts of things is, yeah, incredible and very thankful.
0: So you're just pretty much maintaining right around in there.
1: Yeah. As I said, I do want to lose more, though, but I'm I basically my windows crept <laughs> and there's been more kind of more processed food and stuff. But actually, when I I mean, the amazing thing is when I started the intermittent fasting, I started eating much more healthily. I think because, you know, like I've heard you say so many times, I was so much more in tune with my body. I knew what was making me feel what way. And so, you know, have it have completely transformed what I eat and therefore what as a family we eat. And in addition to that, it's really opened the world of kind of, you know, healthy eating and healthy living kind of stuff. So I eagerly await the Zoe podcasts every week and your podcasts and I love listening to your um, fast feast repeat one as well now and things. So yeah, it's, um, if two years ago someone had said to me, oh, you'll be really looking forward to listening to podcasts on healthy eating and healthy living, I'd have been like, what? Who is this person?
0: <laughs> well, you know, I don't know anyone who listened to me from the beginning of the intermittent fasting podcast. I readily admitted this is, we started recording that one in 2017. That was the one I did with Melanie. And I like said I don't listen to podcasts because I didn't. I had never never listened to podcasts before. Now I do. I listen to podcasts and so and not only I did podcasts for several years before I started listening, but I love the Zoe podcast as well. That one is really really good, and they know what they're talking about. So they had a really good one on calories recently, and. Sarah Barry is her last name Barry. I love listening to her and she's great. And the whole idea, of, we know that counting calories is flawed, but she really goes into her research. Like she's done great research on it and why. And so then you're like, Yeah. <laughs> but that that's a great podcast. So how what kind of things have you added into your into your diet more so?
1: So I think because of that through that and through listening to you and, you know, different intermittent fasting stories and learning about the whole kind of 30 a a week in terms of plant-based foods rather than worrying about how many a day. So I've done that challenge quite a lot of times. And so my fruit, my kind of plant-based intake is way up which is amazing. And that kind of anxiety around what that would do to my bowels has kind of gone.
0: And you're fine. Your gut is fine. Feeling good.
1: Yeah. So actually, I saw my consultant, well, I saw one of his registrars earlier this year. And because I have to have six monthly blood tests because of my the tablets I'm on, and they've all been satisfactory. Like, you know, and I spoke to him and said, you know, I'm doing intermittent fasting. I've lost Kind of four and a half stone in English terms. And actually, I know that it's good for inflammation. Can I reduce my meds? You know, what sort of thing? And he basically, because I've been so good, not just recently, but even before intermittent fasting, he spoke to my consultant who's basically gradually reducing my meds a little bit and just going to see how that goes because it is a chronic health condition and it is a serious one and at the same time I know that I'm doing so much better for my body now that I'm doing intermittent fasting than I was before in terms of that. Yeah, I can imagine that the
0: period of gut rest is probably really important for, for something that would be an inflammatory bowel condition. And also we know intermittent fasting lowers inflammation. So I think it's, it, it sounds good that you'll be able to come down a little bit on those, the anti-inflammatory medications, you know, as you have lowered the inflammation load in your body naturally.
1: Yeah, definitely. I'm glad
0: you're able to eat all the foods you want to eat because that's the part, like, I was just thinking when you were talking about not being able to eat all those high fiber foods, I would be really sad if I couldn't eat beans. and.
1: I can definitely tolerate them better now than I could, you know, say three or four years ago as well, you know, so, and I know you said in terms of starting to eat the beans that your body has an adjustment period of getting used to that and things. So Definitely true. Yeah. No, I was going to say, sadly, Zoe won't let me do their thing because I'm diagnosed with ulcerative colitis. So because their recommendations are usually high fiber diets, they say that might not be suitable for you. And I'm like, but i am eating a really high fiber diet. Uh, um,
0: That's really sad. I'm sorry to hear it, but I love the work that they're doing. That's, again, why I love their podcast so much. What I love about Tim Spector and and Sarah and all the scientists is how open they are to saying, we don't know. We're, we're trying to learn new things. And the whole idea of this is ongoing. We're still learning.
1: And Tim and Sarah don't always agree either, do they?
0: <laughs> no, they don't. It's so nuanced. That's the thing, you know, when it comes to food and what works and we also have our own individual the way we feel that comes into it like for me to say what you couldn't eat beans that's nuts but you couldn't you couldn't eat beans because your your bowel was inflamed and it didn't work for you so you know what your body is telling you that's important
1: yeah and that bioindividuality and kind of you know has been like really mind blowing in terms of you know hearing what you've said and, and Tim have said and others have said on that you know, just recognizing the importance of us all doing you know what we need to for our bodies, if
0: you start you know trying to listen to everybody, you're going to get so confused that you just need to learn to listen to yourself, so you said you'd had a little window creep
1: coming on this summer, so <laughs> I think basically when i it has been a bit plateauy, but then I think, yeah, I think it's a combination of wanting to eat things that you know wanting to eat more of the kind of chocolate again and things and i think it's it's that kind of trying to work out so if i restrict too much then i then want to eat those things so it's like okay how can i do this in a way where it's okay to have chocolate but not becoming excessive so it's that you know it's that sort of finding the balance really and what that balance looks like for me and things
0: that makes a lot of sense because we can also find swaps that work really well for us and make us feel satisfied like the other day I was like, you know, I really need something for dessert, maybe some ice cream. So I was wandering around the grocery store aisle. I really should not be at the grocery store (laughs) wandering around because I buy weird things. But I started reading all the ingredients on the ice cream. And I was like, all these ingredients are just, you know corn syrup and all this weird stuff. So I went home and made my own little concoction. of. Do y'all have, what is it, Ben and Jerry's there? Yeah, yeah. Well, there's a flavor we used to love called Cherry Garcia, and it's like chocolate and cherries. So I made up like an overnight oats kind of a thing with oats, and I made some homemade cashew milk, and I threw in some organic chocolate chips and some frozen cherries.
1: Oh, that sounds delicious.
0: Now, nobody, please don't ask me for a recipe, (laughs) but I didn't have one. I literally was just like mixing it up like a (laughs) a mad scientist until it looked right and I let it sit kind of like an overnight oats kind of a thing and boy Chad loved it because he used to love Cherry Garcia but we ate that for a couple days after dinner as a little dessert but it was like all the flavors that we would have gotten in the Cherry Garcia ice cream the chocolate chips the cherries I put a little coconut palm sugar and then a little vanilla in there but nothing funky but the thing about it was very filling and satisfying because of the oats instead of if I'd just been eating, if I'd been eating actual Ben and Jerry's, you can just keep eating and eating and eating with that. So it's just a matter of finding something that makes you go, oh, this is really good. And it still gave me the chocolatey taste, but not like ice cream would have.
1: Yeah, that's a good kind of thought. Yeah. And it is finding those things that think you said something before um, in a previous one about finding not just the foods you love, but the foods that love you. So it is that kind of, you know, finding the things that, like you said, make you feel satisfied? Because yeah, quite often actually with that window creep, it has been not feeling satisfied. And so just eating random stuff to try and get that, that satisfaction.
0: That's exactly right. And our bodies are looking for, you know, whether it's a certain volume of food or a certain amount of nutrients, you know, our bodies. Are looking for something and if we're putting in the wrong things, we're not going to get it. That's what I've found myself, you know, wandering around the kitchen eating random things. It's usually because I didn't put in the nutrients that my body wanted. But, you know, just the whole idea of finding things that make you satisfied and full and keep you from, you know, I, I didn't buy the ice cream. I put it back and said, I want something that's going to you know, be better. And I was really satisfied with it. So anyone, just look up Overnight Oats if you're interested. <laughs> Put in whatever you
1: like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I do them sometimes with Greek yogurt and the oats. And that's really yummy and a bit of honey and. But yeah, I hadn't thought, the holic in me hadn't thought to put a bit of chocolate in there, but actually that would probably be really satisfying for me. That's I've
0: something. always loved the combination of cherry and chocolates for whatever reason. My mother made cupcakes that were like a cherry cake with chocolate frosting. I don't know. I've always loved that combination. That's why we liked the Cherry Garcia ice cream, but it was really, really good. And even after it was gone, Chad said, do we have any more of that? Left? <laughs> I'm like, no, <laughs> I'll have to get some more ingredients and make it again. But you know, it's just, it's just an easy kind of swap and zero guilt and zero feeling like, you know, because when you're eating all that high fiber food, the oats, I mean, it's going to limit your, how much you're going to eat because you're like, well, now I'm full versus, I mean, how much ice cream makes me full? There's no amount. <laughs> I can just keep eating it.
2: <laughs> this episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move
0: Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. So now that, you know, we're getting back to fall and I guess the kids are going back to school and you're back to busy with work, do you think you'll tighten up that window just a little bit? Yeah,
1: definitely. Yeah, so um, my daughter goes off to university next uh, in a week and a bit. So and for the last 15 years, my weeks have been fairly heavily taking her to dance lessons so she's going off to a performing arts school to do dance so yeah so actually I'm going to have my evenings and Saturdays back and and being in the routine is so much better for me because my one of my jobs is in the school we're just coming to the end of our summer holidays for the school so in the summer holidays I only work two days because I just work at the hospital rather than at the school as well so actually this came really well timing wise because there was a part of me that was like maybe I should delay until I'm kind of um got my head a bit straighter and then I was like, no, no. No, I think it's really important for us to
0: hear people that that are not like, well, I started, I lost all the weight, I got to exactly where I wanted to be and here I am. You know, that that's really not how the road looks. And, you know, we have seasons of loss. You certainly did. Your first year was a season you were also really excited about fasting and probably more consistent. And as as you're losing the weight quickly, it's very motivating and you're like sticking to it. Then you have summer or holidays and you kind of relax because we can. And then you have a season of maintenance and that's okay too. And then you're like, all right, here we are. I'm ready to tighten things back up again. And so, but you, you have all the tools that you need. And, you know, worst case scenario, let's say you stuck right here forever where you are and you just got to live this way. That wouldn't be terrible, would it?
1: No, no. Health-wise, I still need to lose some. I know, obviously, BMI, but then there's, yeah, I use that. And even by that, I need to lose some still.
0: need to lose a little bit more. Yeah.
1: And I know that, actually, you know, where I am health-wise compared to where I was is just night and day. It's, you know, it's amazing. And I feel so amazing in my body. Yeah. And so it absolutely is, I'm hoping, getting back into the new routines. The podcast that I know a few people have mentioned, the one that was the 4th of May, that was about, I can't remember what the person was but she said about seeing doing um alternate day fasting and seeing it as a prescription almost sort of thing
0: leslie taylor yeah
1: that really struck with me and i have tried a few alternate day oh fa- uh, not not alternate day but doing almost like the five down games. day but yeah a yep.
0: couple down days a week followed by up days
1: yeah um, and then doing like the five hour window and that i think will work really well for me because actually on the down days i loved it you know, I really love doing and I'm, I can easily do a full fast or, you know, the kind of 36, 40 hour fast. But the, the biggest issue with it was sitting with the family at dinner and to start with not wanting them to know that's what I was doing. So, but I was really panicked the first time, of you know, are they going to ask? They didn't even notice I wasn't eating. <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny.
0: <laughs> oh, the teenagers and what they teach us about how important we are. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Yeah, because we always just talk at dinner. But yeah, they like literally, none, no one said a thing, not even my husband. And it was only when I pointed it out to him about a week later that I was doing it. And he was like, oh, okay. <laughs>
0: oh, and everybody's so worried about what everybody's going to think. They're not even thinking about you. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So a hybrid 5-2 approach is really, really a good one for a lot of people. Because, you know, the original 5-2 with Michael Mosley with two... 500 calorie days that were really not even fasting. They were just, you know, whatever, (laughs) low calorie days, two low calorie days a week that were really, really hard. But then the other five days were just full eating days. But with a hybrid 5-2, you have two down days and they can either be 500 calories. We recommend them in one tiny window, you know, with clean fast before, tiny window, clean fast after. So you're really doing two fasts or the full fast version of about 36 to 40-ish hours but then what do you do? That's four days of the week. You know, one day is down, the next day is up. Then you have another down and up somewhere in the week, but that leaves three days a week. And what do you do on those days? Eating window days work really, really well. So it's really a nice rhythm. A lot of people like. That's my plan. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a good one, you know, and um, for anybody who might be listening well, this, this is coming out. Actually, this comes out in November. So <laughs> this is right before the holidays get really cranked up and around here. But, you know, if you're feeling like you've had a little window creep, try a little hybrid 5-2 hybrid and see how that goes. I think that's a good plan. So tell us about some of your non-scale victories. I know you've kind of mentioned them, but I know there's probably more.
1: Yeah. So obviously they're just feeling more confident in more, my body and more comfortable. I think one of the first comments I got from someone was, you look like you're moving so much e- more easily. That was having not lost a huge amount of that time but I think just you know because of the inflammation and and things so yeah so feel so much better in my body doing things that I wouldn't have or I'd have been terrified about doing before so last year I went paddleboarding for the first time really enjoyed that We, we went on holiday this year and so not having to worry about airplane seats it was the first time I'd been on an airplane for about 17 years so not having to worry about fitting into an airplane seat or anything that's huge yeah and I think just my nails feel stronger and are growing quick quicker skin softer my I've got a weird skin thing which means I've got kind of something that means you've got a pimple for every hair or something is what the doctor said it means but um but that feels all much softer my arms on the back very, of very your bumpy. arm yeah I can't
0: think of what that's called but I used to have that at one point yeah obviously the elbows that everyone mentions.
1: <laughs> <laughs> now I'm just feeling my, feeling yeah. myself too. <laughs> well, I've got a scar on my knee that's always been a really dark colour and now it's almost quite bright white, so I don't know what's happening there, but something's changing or whatever. There. That's so fun. Yeah, and stretch marks kind of reducing and not looking so visible. And obviously, in terms of the ulcerative colitis, just give me that freedom to eat and, and to nourish my body with lots of lovely high fibre foods and not have that anxiety around that and... You know, my body's tolerating them really well.
0: And your doctors were on board with fasting. They were like, yeah, that's a good thing for you. Or did they not know?
1: They didn't know to start with because I only see, because I'm quite stable, they only see me once a year. So the first time they saw me was, yeah, the first time they saw me actually was only a few months after I'd started. And yeah, she was like, yeah, great you know, sort of thing. So.
0: But she was, was she already familiar with fasting? Yeah, I think she was. Okay. That's what I wondered. Yeah. Cause some doctors don't know and it's not their fault because, you know, they're just in their practice doing what they do. And so they may not know anything about it probably until they start hearing about it from people like you who are doing it. And then they can start to see positive connections in their patients where they're, oh, they're trying this and they're doing better. So.
1: Another big thing for me is I, I wasn't officially diagnosed with it, but I basically had I think probably GERDs so I used to have a lot of problems with kind of you know regurgitation and things or feeling like food was stuck and I could you know really painfully and really horrible I have hardly any problems with that at all now if I do it's only if I eat quickly when I open my window and with something that's quite starchy or or carby that tends to have more you know i tend to then notice it a little bit but only in terms of all that's a bit uncomfortable and then it settles and it's fine never to the extent it used to be so that's fantastic yeah
0: we hear that a lot from people that that their GERD gets better and sometimes though it might actually feel a little worse at first when people are new to intermittent fasting and they have to just figure out like you did you figured out it has to do with certain foods and slowing down a little bit and then that helps with that and then
1: in terms of inches I've lost I kind of haven't annoyingly I didn't take any photos or any measurements at the beginning so the first measurements I've got are for two months in and by that time I'd already left lost like 17 pounds but from then I've lost kind of about six inches from my waist and from various other body parts and yeah inches from everywhere really so so yeah so that's fantastic. Fitting into clothes that I haven't fitted into since before we had children, let alone kind of. So even though I weigh about 15 pounds or so more than I did when I got to that Weight Watchers weight, some of the clothes that I wore then, I, or most of the clothes I wore then actually, I am wearing.
0: Wow. See, that's body recomposition right there because you got down to that weight the scale said whatever it was, but those clothes are fitting you now at 15 pounds higher, those exact clothes. So that just lets you know your body composition is really different now than it was before. So if somebody in the community asked a question, I think it was yesterday, she's like, I have a friend who's you know, I can think dirty fasting, doing some kind of, really, basically, it's low calorie dieting. She was drinking creamer all the time, constantly from the time she woke up. And basically, that's a low calorie diet. It's not fasting. She's like, but my friend is losing weight a lot faster than me. So I think she wanted, I I don't know. (laughs) Anyway, but when we lose weight through those low calorie diets, like the Weight Watchers and the dirty fasting, I think we lose a lot of muscle mass. You know, like some of these weight loss drugs that they're that people are taking now. Some of the research I've seen on that, they lose a lot of muscle mass. And so, with fasting, we're losing fat when we're fasting clean. So that's the difference. So, the clean fast, you might, you know, lose slower than your friend who's not fasting clean, or your friend who's taking the diet drugs, or your friend who's doing the low calorie diet. But if you don't know how much muscle mass they're losing, that is a huge part of the equation. We don't want to lose our muscle. The fact that you are the size you were at a lower weight, at a higher weight, you should feel really good about the fact that you're maintaining your muscles.
1: And maintaining the weight, you know, just, you know, someone at the hospital said to me last week, she said, you're looking amazing. She said, I'm really impressed you've lost the weight, but I'm even more impressed that you've kept it off. And I think that's the, that's it, isn't it? You know, it's that maintaining, which is, it's really easy. You know, intermittent fasting is not a struggle at all.
0: Exactly, And, you know. Wouldn't it be nice if everyone could have their DEXA scan of back then versus now so you could really see what your body composition was? But I love hearing that. So other than the window creep, is there anything
1: else that you struggle with? I think it is more that kind of, you know, food choices, unwise food choices at times and things and trying to get my head kind of around that and things. Yeah, I think that's the the main thing, to be honest, because the actual fasting I find really easy and I love the flexibility of it. Of being able to open it a bit earlier if we're you know yesterday I went met with some uni friends and we had lunch earlier than I normally did and I didn't have to panic you know I just had lunch with them it was lovely
0: I think that's wonderful so what does your husband think about intermittent fasting now now that you've been doing it for a couple of
1: years yeah so he's very supportive I, I keep trying to get him onto it but he's um yeah, he's not convinced as yet. So, um, but yeah, he's very supportive and obviously has seen the huge differences in me, not just physically, but in terms of kind of, you know, my ability to move around and confidence and, you know, wearing clothes that I love rather than just that hide me and things. So.
0: That's huge. It speaks for itself, right? And people are noticing it. They see it.
1: Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Lots of, I've actually thankfully not had anyone who's been negative about it. Everyone's just been really positive and supportive. I've put a few Facebook posts up about it over the, kind of two years saying about my progress and had various people who have got in contact and have started as a result of that and things. so yeah re- everyone's really supportive and it's interesting because my daughter's 18 I mean she, she's very slim and and I said to her you know she said something about a YouTuber she'd seen who was talking about missing meals and how it could be seen as negative, have a negative message for some people. And I said, oh, are you feeling like that about me doing the intermittent fasting? And she was like, no, not at all, because it, it's very different and feels, you know, she can see how much healthier I am and how much healthier I'm eating and that sort of thing.
0: Yeah. One thing I've noticed now that I'm, I'm watching things on YouTube, that I'd never really done that before, but there's a lot of crazy stuff. <laughs> on YouTube. There's some really good stuff there too, but there's a lot of I don't know, the influencers who are just saying weird things. And it's, I would really look to the source on YouTube. That I think is the most important thing about it. Not all advice is good on there, but there is some good stuff. You just have to wade through it. It's probably a hard time to be a kid or, you know, a teen because there you don't really know yet who to trust and who to not. You could find a, something that tells you anything, but she's got you to guide her. Well, we are almost out of time. What would you tell someone just starting out with intermittent fasting or what do you wish you knew when you first started?
1: I think the first thing would be take pictures and measurements because I really, really wish I'd done that. You know, it'd be really amazing data to have. And I think the other thing to be would find be find your support group, you know, find the people that can support you and give you kind of wisdom and advice. So for me, that's the, you know, the delayed don't deny community circle is fantastic. And even if someone didn't want to post stuff, you can actually Google answers on like search answers on there. So, and like the person that I talked about yesterday, that whose
0: friend is dirty fasting and losing weight more quickly. And I love that she came to us and asked us that question. I actually love that because she could, if she didn't have us, she could just be like, well, I'm going to do what my friend is doing because she's losing weight more quickly, but, you know, not realizing it's not really the goal is to, we want to lose fat and to do that, the the clean fast is, is what's going to make the difference. So this, we can be there, you know, to help you filter out some of the confusion. I think that's important.
1: And you and the moderators are amazing on there. Like, thank you to all of you for all the time that you spend doing that because it is, I know the first time I got a response from you, I was like, oh my goodness, Jen
0: Stevens, this is <laughs> I'm really
1: there. I'm there. I respond to everybody. <laughs> <If you> do, <laughs> <I know. laughs> oh my goodness. It's like beyond a full-time job. <laughs> well, I love it though. You know,
0: I was a teacher, as you know, and that that's a, definitely a full-time job. And this is so much more flexible. I, I still work several hours a day, every day. It's just not sequential like a teacher job. I fit it in first thing in the morning or a little bit here and a little bit there. It adds up to several hours a day, but it's work that I love doing because I like to connect with people and I like to help and I like to give advice and help people figure things out. So it's, it's you know, you're a counselor. If you weren't going to a job, you would still like to help people. It's the same exact thing. So well, I'm so glad you're part of our community and keep us posted in there as things are going. And I think you've got a great plan for the future.
1: Yeah. Well, I was thinking it's quite good having the um, knowing that this would be in a few months because I can then do, okay, okay, when it comes out, uh, an update.
0: <laughs> oh, definitely. Yeah. In the community, you can do that because we're recording this the end of August, very end of August. So you will definitely, the day it comes out um November 9th. Uh, just checking my notes there. You'll be able to say, well, here's what happened since we recorded. Awesome. Take a photo today. And then you can share that when the podcast episode comes out in the community. Stand so by. like, what community? It's jenstevens.com slash community. You can find it there. Well, Carrie Jane, thank you so much for sharing your story today. And I look forward to the follow-ups.
1: Oh, thank you so much for everything you've done, Jen. You're a superstar. Do you have
0: an intermittent fasting story to tell? Intermittent Fasting Stories listeners will receive a free offer if you mention that you heard it on the podcast.